Minus three is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. Lions, Chiefs, Kansas City laying seven. Kevin Hench, Check is still frowning and Cleveland's still um, browning. I'm very high on the lines this year, like everybody else. It's the pig, um, pig I don't have time for your hemming and hawing. Hi and hello. Well, I'm just thinking about how much Monday I lost on the going against the Chiefs from day one last year. Like, you I want to like, try that again? I want high energy. We're out of break, Hench. Eddie Spaghetti is in his place behind the glass. Well, actually, he's on remote. He's in Staten Island with his people there, with the entire pasta clan there. But my point is, hi and hello, and welcome to Minus 3, presented as ever by Omaha. It's football season, don't you know? When last we spoke, it was still baseball season and NHL free agency season, and we were looking ahead to pro football and college football. Now it's football season. Lions, Chiefs, KC, Minus 7, Kevin Hench. Lions. Okay, a little bit better. A little, a little better? better. Okay. Well, you know you what? Uh, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Well, it, it is funny. Is this like, does, it, does this really happen where it feels like this is what happened with the Lions? Like that the Lions reached for Jameer Gibbs at 12 and everyone was like, what, what's going on? Didn't they just sign Montgomery? Like what is what is happening? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You you guys whiffed on a guy that would have been available later. And it feels like in the last couple months, it's been like, that was a genius move. Like it feels like that 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 this guy's a game changer. And you know, maybe the Montgomery part was dumb, but like that that the Lions have added another very difficult to uh, account for player in an offense that just moved the ball up and down the field last year. I think you're right, and you're digging in on these Detroit Lions, and I do want to get into all of it. We have about six weeks until that game that I just mentioned there in Kansas City kicks off, and I'm over the moon about it. Like I say, we've moved through – well, we're not through the long, hot summer. That persists, as does – Barbie v. Oppenheimer or Barbie and Oppenheimer. I wonder if Hench has seen either one of those. Same thing goes for Eddie Spaghetti. But yes, that is one of the core issues in the year of the Lord 2023 as it relates to pro football. One, if you don't have one of those four QBs, then the only way to go is with bully ball. And a lot of teams are doing that from the Detroit Lions to the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to mimic what the Philadelphia Eagles did a year ago and would have won the Lombardi had Jalen Hurts not fumbled that ball in the second quarter against the aforementioned Chiefs. Also, you touch on the running back situation. This is another big issue. The biggest issue of them all is that Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay, traded in that green jersey, for a green one with the New York Jets. He's making weird comments. He's making imply uh, sort of threats. Better keep my, my coach's name out of your mouth. Only Aaron, again, is allowed to disparage other people. 
if you disparage somebody who Aaron knows, that's that's another matter entirely. Um, hope summer has treated you well. Um, but like I say, let's dig in on some football. And where should we shall we begin, Kevin? Well, Mention hello listen, to you, Eddie Spaghetti. First answer it, the question. Did you see Barbie or Oppenheimer? Uh, no, we were going to go yesterday. Um, but ironically, the nine-year-old is the least interested in seeing Barbie. Huh. So we're like, oh, well, if the nine-year-old doesn't want to go, I'm not going to fight to see Barbie. I'm sure it's wonderful, but I'm taking one for the team when I go see Barbie. But anyway, my 15-year-old saw it, thought it was great. Uh, Oppenheimer, you know, I I know the ending, so I'm not, I, <laughs> you know, three hours to get to where you know it ends. Um but uh, but your your Rogers thing is is is, is perfect. Sets me up for what I, I want to talk about, which is and I'll you know dovetail of course back to football. But so I'm reading Elvis Costello's memoir. It's incredible. It's just mm. incredible. And um, you know he's very self deprecating. He just you know a lot of like I was so young and so dumb. So anytime you and this is was true for the Sex Pistols, you know. You want to interview the new wave, punk rocker, whatever, and you want him to say something insane and inflammatory. Well, you're in luck because he's 22 and he's drunk during the interview. You're going to get a a really good quote. He's going to say something insane that he probably doesn't believe, that he may not remember. Doesn't matter. He's a 22-year-old loose cannon who is like, who's shy and doesn't want to do interviews. So he's surly. Sean Payton's 59 years old. What the <laughs> hell is going on? Like, is your first rodeo, Sean? Like, don't you know what they're trying to get you? Like, and so, like, of course, I could see you're already, you know, digging in on our, our least favorite human being in the world, Aaron Rodgers. We share no, that. No, no, no. He's not even I in my top say, three least favorites. But this yeah. one, like, this is the point. Like, you got to really pedal that bike to be a bigger than Aaron Rodgers. Congratulations, Sean Payton, you pulled it off. And what that tells me is Sean Payton uh, doesn't think he's walked into a great situation. Sean is that Payton, right? I was, yeah. I, that was my question. What, what hypothesize, what would inspire Sean Payton? And after the fact that he gets the pushback and it's like, yeah, I think we all agree Nate Hackett didn't do a dynamite job a year ago in Denver, but why why would you say that? And then his excuse feels weird. Like you say, he wasn't drunk. He didn't know it wasn't uh or and he wasn't he's not a child. Like what would inspire that? Was something in his head, you know, once you're once you get inside a situation, you know, it's sort of like complaining about your roommate when you're in college or in your early 20s. Like you go out with your chums and you're like, Oh my God, Gary is the worst. He never washes dishes. Like nobody gives a good goddamn man. Like that's your own little stuff. I don't, I don't have time. My my time is limited here on the big blue marble, and I don't want to waste any of it hearing about Gary's deficiencies as a roommate. And maybe Sean Payton is lashing out like, oh yeah, the universe understands what I'm talking. Like nobody cares, man. Just just fix what happened with Russell Wilson a year ago. I really can't figure out what Sean Payton is getting from from yeah, uh, well it's like from, uh, from yeah, doing that way. because because if he here's the thing it's like he's not scapegoating uh 
Nate Hackett in advance of whatever happens this year. You know, it doesn't it doesn't absolve Sean Payton well, I think of it's, anything. It's not like it's going to be like, yeah, Hackett screwed up Russ so bad, I could, even I couldn't fix him. Like that won't be a satisfying answer either. So what's the value of saying? No, that at but all? what it, I, how I perceived it was, um, he's got a possibly psychologically broken quarterback who he's trying to rehabilitate hmm. by saying, okay. you know, it's not your fault. He's doing the, the goodwill hunting scene with Russell Wilson. It's not your fault. It's this guy's fault. It's <laughs> this guy's fault. By the way, we Nathaniel Hackett being a terrible head coach is settled law. That was settled opening day when he settled for a 75-yard field goal attempt instead of going for it on fourth <laughs> and five. And you're like, and then they asked him after the game. He's like, yeah, that was our that was our target line. That is what we were going for. What? Wow. 58-yard field goal attempt. That was your target line. Good God. And then, you know, they lose to the Colts in the worst game in NFL history where, where Russell Hustle Bustle throws a pick in the end zone when all they had to do was kick a field goal. Like, no, obviously Nathaniel Hackett, terrible. But like Sean Payton, were you following football last year? That's all settled law. We all discussed that. And then Sean Payton in apologizing to the team, he says, yeah, I guess I was kind of, you know, I was wearing my Fox sports jacket. You know, I was in my Fox sports. I'm like, hold on. Did you ever say anything interesting on television? Because I missed that part where you were a crazy loose <laughs> cannon on Fox Sports. I would have listened. <laughs> I thought you were another super boring ex-coach who towed the line and, and didn't say things like this. This is the opposite of what you did on television. This is interesting. It's insane, but it's interesting. Um, so then when, when Rogers fired back, and by the way, you know, you and I, especially Sheck, are going to have to maybe come to peace with the fact that the Jets might be excellent this year. We don't want them to be, but they might be. And so week five, you could have a super mediocre Broncos team hosting an excellent Jets team, an excellent defense. And what? It, why are you setting yourself up for this, this 31-10 kicking at home and which feels like now is a foregone conclusion karmically how else could this go right like i guess so i see it's funny i and i let's if you guys want to let's dig in on the afc east a little bit we only have so many episodes to go before the real thing kicks off in the regular season like i say six weeks um and we're that much closer to it since we started this conversation 10 minutes ago um, hello to you, Eddie Spaghetti. You're the boots on the ground there in one of those five boroughs that uh, is now owned or at least leased by Aaron Rodgers. I do not share the optimism that Hench and the world, uh, the world at large seems to, or at least converting into believers in the Jets, not in that division. Um, it is a funny thing. I'll, I'll, you know what? We have to do our weekly goat and goat uh, of the week. Um the range of the word go taking advantage of that the best and the very worst in sports and beyond uh, over the last week nay last fortnight since we were off last week and i do encourage you nay demand that you go back and listen to the great episodes that uh, spaghetti hench and i did and then we did with scott pianowski as well last week Upcoming, by the way, I should mention that uh, programming note, we have uh, the great Chris Long, one of our very favorites and uh, a Shecky Award winner in the past favorite football play and guest 
in years past is going to join us later in the week to help chop it up a little bit, forecast his favorite teams. And I, I, I love talking about training camp. And that's that's my goat. Uh, my uh, the bad goat this week is training camp. Just I, I want to make an announcement to all pro football teams out there. If you want Dave Damashek in uniform for the regular season, I'm going to go one of two ways. Just know this. I'm going to sign on the eve of the regular season because there's no way I'm going to training camp. And that goes a hundred times more. So if you want Dave Damashek playing for your football team, you better do it in the city. I better be able to stay at my house and drive to practice in August. These teams, and that includes my favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers down in Latrobe. It's a great experience and everything else. I don't want to stay in no dorm room. I just told you about how I don't like having a roommate in my 20s. I certainly don't want one when I'm a millionaire and I'm 27 years old staying in a dirty dorm room. Do they even have air conditioning in some in some second tier small town for a month? No, thank you. You want me. I stay in the city. I drive to 10 minutes to practice and then I go home as usual. And if it's a dorm room, count me out. I don't care for that. My goat is good goat is Sean Payton. I know we can try and dissect his words and everything else, but this is what we want. We want heat. We want crap talk between coaches back and forth. And that makes I know that he's a hypocrite, but you know what? I'm just going to, you say you're believing in the New York Jets for 2023. I'm believing in Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't think he's the GOAT football player. I just think that I'm a limited, I'm a mere mortal. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest, if he even is mortal, the greatest of all human beings ever. We just need to turn over all our group thinking and just let him make our decisions for us. Don't you see he's, he's raw. He's sad is what he said that Sean Payton who's accomplished so much in this league would take shots at somebody else to be able to blame them for whatever may or may not go wrong going forward. Never mind that Aaron Rodgers has done that to everyone who he's ever encountered over the last 13 years since his last trip to a Super Bowl, whether it's uh, whether it's coordinators or the head coach or the front office or journalists or anyone else who isn't him, the man in the mirror, this is the way. He's right. I'm wrong. And I don't want to deal with the headaches as I sit down to watch hard knocks and watch the season. He's right. I'm wrong. I tip my cat to you. Nay, I bend the knee to you, sir. You are a higher deity and I will defer to you and I will enjoy watching you because you've declared that that Super Bowl three trophy is looking bored. Well, who better than to give it a partner than the guy who himself, despite being unloaded teams for the last 12 or 13 years, hasn't sniffed another Super Bowl himself. This is great. I defer to you. You live in a different reality and apparently a better one. And so 12, sorry, eight tip of the hat to you. So that those are my goats. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. 
Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia ohio pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or west virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hench, take it away. Are you, okay. Spaghetti, could you follow any of that? Like, it was like, this I is did. what... Okay, now I know uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is a fan of the LSD, the, the, the ayahuasca, the... Yeah. The, the, the psychotropic cleared drug, his head. Right. But it's like when I read Michael Pollan's book, how to change your mind, you know, the way I get prepared to do LSD is I read a book. That's my, like, uh, that's how, that's what a chicken 
I am when it comes to to uh, changing my brain. I'm like, I should probably read a book about it first. But so in the book, it says, don't do LSD if you have an entropic mind. Like if your mind is already scattered, don't do LSD. Sheck, you just said, you go, okay, that's great. Let's talk about the AFC East. My bad goat is training camp. My good goat is Sean Payton in the AFC West. Now Aaron Rodgers, like, I'm like, I'm waiting to respond. I'm like, tripping balls, man. What do you want from me? Balls. Like you introduce nine topics and then go, what do you think? What do I the think? Balls are breathing. Oh my God. That was insane. Okay. I'll just try to pick and choose there. Holy hell. Hey, listen. All right. Hey, all right. You know what? Before you go on, because I have them right in front of me and that's really what we should dip into. It is one of, you know, I don't I don't want to say eight fascinating divisions that we have to evaluate between now and the start of 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 the season. But boy, the AFC East is juicy. They're the Bills. I guess it makes sense. Well, of course, it makes sense that they're the favorite at plus one twenty five. They're the Jets at plus two fifty, the Dolphins three to one and your Patriots eight to one. And I don't think it's crazy to say that the Patriots could win this division. I know you have your, your I, I know you obviously are a cynic about it. Henshin, in fact, on some weird level, delight in picking against your teams. I think there's some sci- psychological ploy there too. go read a book yeah, about we've, that. We've, been, we've talked, we've discussed. That. I know, but, 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 okay. but I mean, I, you know, I don't think it's insane that the, that, that the Patriots would win the division. Um, well, this is my, Answer to your sort of where you initially started to to. Shrink. I went into my goats, and then we'll yeah. get, and then we'll get into, you into your, evaluating you went into your the division. shrooms. You went into your shrooms. Uh <laughs> my my best bet: Bills under ten and a half wins plus one forty. I I see regression, regression, regression. Every every sign, including objects in your mirror, are closer than they appear. The Bills should have lost to Skylar Thompson the week before getting blown out by the Bengals. So it's like the Bills ended their season by laying two eggs at home in the playoffs. Like, you're not going to go into Buffalo and win a playoff game. Like, Skylar Thompson should have won a playoff game. And then and then the Bengals blew him off their own field. Like, that's not a good note to go out on. And then, there, you know, there's just all these little – you know, ripples of discontent and, and uh, you know, they just, even by the, by the second half of last year, they were not, they were just not moving the ball up and down the field. I mean, the way, when they lost to the chiefs in, in that heartbreak 13 second game, you're like, well, don't worry about it. Nobody can get this offense off the field. They're going to, they're, they're going to be contenders for a long time. And I, I just feel like that window is oddly closed faster than it opened. So that's that's my and and one of the reasons I think that's a good bet is you see you're leaning more more dolphins I'm probably leaning more jets but like they they're, you're not you know the patriots when they dominated that division had the advantage of being 6 and 0 against crappy teams in their division every year right so it's like those teams were so bad and now it's the opposite which is none of those games are easy the Bills have an insane five-week run toward the end of the season that includes games against both of last year's Super Bowl participants. They get the Chiefs and the Eagles. Like I, I think I would eight and nine would not shock me uh, about about the Bills. So that's well. Listen, 
That's that's right. And that's a pretty severe drop off for a team that, like you say, a year ago at this time was I think I think most of thought like, well, the Chiefs are are going to be good. But this transition away from Tyreek Hill and a different, uh, more modest approach offensively is going to take a, a, a little adjustment. And the Bills should have beaten them anyway in that playoff game. And so it was the Bills or the Bungles. And the reason you went against the Bungles a year ago is because of the 21st century history of the Super Bowl runner up, which remains mysterious. But the Bungles almost overcame that, if not for that weird push out of bounds on Patrick Mahomes in the final minute of the game, just to bring you back up to speed in case you're summer, you've forgotten how the postseason went last year. And the nine other calls before that call. Yeah. And then, of course, what happened in the Super Bowl with Bradbury and all of that. Um, I hear you. And I also am a believer in that how you finish the preceding season in pro football is, you know, it is right that when you hear guys in the locker room in, in the NFL, I don't know how it applies. It's, it seems like a, a cliche that wouldn't work as a catch all in all the sports, but you do hear guys in the NFL, like, Hey, last season is last season. We're leaving that behind. This is a whole new one. And it kind of is true because these seasons in for pro football teams are siloed and the results do range wildly from year to year for a lot of these teams, but the bills to your point, yeah, they stunk down, down the stretch, you know, uh, that, that loss at home to the Vikings was an early indicator of like, what's going on there. And I don't love, this offseason with jo- Josh Allen's allowed to be a human being. I don't care what uh, what these guys do as three-dimensional people, but I feel like he's a little loose out there, a little bit too much with like who he's dating now and who he's not dating and who he broke up with and who he's been seen photographed with and all of that. And the Stefan Diggs melodrama, what exactly went on there or is going on there, I don't love. And more practically, they don't have a loaded offensive line. Um, and that is, as I will always say, is a, a big indicator of your sec- success in a, in, in a given season. And do they have enough to offset it now? You need to have that superhero quarterback who wins you games. Four or five guys in the NFL, period, are capable of doing that. Is Josh Allen at this stage, definitely from what you've seen and what you did see against the Bungles in that playoff game. Are you positive Josh Allen is good enough to co- to overcome all the issues with that Bills in a loaded division? And are we also sure that Sean McDermott is up to that challenge? These are my questions, and my answers to those are um, at least enough lack of confidence that I am indeed going with Tua and company. Three to one, Jalen Ramsey's knee be damned. I really, I've been on them um, for six months, nay, pretty much for the entire year since September a year ago. It's all coming to fruition. This is the year of the Dolphins in that division, at least. Three to one is my my play there. Continue, Hench. Um, Well, just to add to to the the, the, the picks, uh, Bill's under 10 and a half. Broncos under eight and a half. Like that, that team was... Terrible. Talk about like how you finished last year. So you have a team that just start to finish. By the way, like it when they go, you know, like, oh, the coach was terrible. Hey, the quarterback knows the whole playbook. The quarterback can get to the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have to, he's not locked in to running the bad play that the bad coach sent in. Like it's like 
He's a veteran. Like, you know, is Tom Brady, does it didn't matter who Tom Brady's offensive coordinator is? No, Tom Brady's the offensive coordinator. He knows every play. He knows who can't cover whom at the line of scrimmage. He doesn't just go, I don't know, says I'm supposed to hand off to Melvin Gordon here. So I guess I will. I guess I'm helpless. Like, I don't, you know, I, I feel like the, the you know, the, the, the Raiders are going to be pretty bad. But, you know, the Chiefs and Chargers aren't going anywhere. And and I just don't I don't see the Broncos going nine and eight. And I they I do have a good defense, though, in Denver. Yeah. You know, a lot of unders are going to cash, obviously. But uh, I don't you know, we'll see. I don't I don't see Russell ever, ever returning to those uh, those those fantasy football numbers that he. Put well, the, the narrative is or at least the one that I've created in my head is the the you know connecting of dots is Russell Wilson when he first made it. And, you know, not like he only said it to me, but I'm vain. So I'm going to say he said it to me because it is, in fact, true among the many people he told this to that he idolizes Drew Brees and always did. And his approach to the game and the the way he played between the lines, they really are very similar quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, as a younger guy, was a more mobile version, ran the boot and all of that a little bit better than Drew Brees ever did um, and had a bigger arm deep than Drew Brees ever did. But I could see why Russ would love – in fact, I thought he would – that that was a, a possibility that he would land in New Orleans a year ago. Um, Russ, I think he's always, I, I think he's always wanted to play with Sean Payton. I think there's a connection between Breeze and Russ, and that all makes sense. But the evaluators the, who really have a keen eye for QB and will tell you that Russ is cooked, like that 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 he's lost the quick the the quick twitch the. Um, ability that he had three or four years ago that that, that somehow um, that the best of him is past him. I don't know. It feels like the the bills come due a little bit earlier for Russ, who's borderline Hall of Famer uh, three years ago or a certain Hall of Famer, given the trajectory he was on three years ago, that all of a sudden, like at 35, like he's done, like he's, he, just, he, he doesn't have the ability that his peer group maintained at least until their late 30s. So I mean I don't well, know I don't have the answer another, on, on what he can do with his arm at this point. That that Russell and his hero Drew Brees have in common is they're they're both going to retire with one one Super Bowl title, uh, hmm. which is funny given how Russell ran his mouth after winning that Super Bowl about how many Super Bowls he was going to win. It's like yeah, it's pretty hard to win the Super Bowl, buddy. You might want to just temper expectations a little bit. But I think the other thing that that Russell suffers from is when all your receivers are plastered and you can just take off up the middle and get eight yards on third and seven and slide and move the chains. It's just such a difference than not wanting to take licks. And he's, you know, he's obviously taken a lot of them, but if you really eliminate that part of his game, then it's like, he's, he's not as, as accurate as Drew Brees. So if you've, if you're just doing the Drew Brees comparisons, like, yeah, well, Drew Brees was not going to, you know, take off up the middle for 17 yards. And that was just such a huge part of, of Russell's game. And I just, it, 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 I mean, none of that was apparent last year. It was just, so the idea is he's a year older, he's taken all these licks, but somehow with the new quarterback whisperer, 
he's going to be rejuvenated into what he used to be. That's not really how football works. Um, so, so, uh, I see a lot, a lot more low scoring losses on the horizon for, well, uh, here, you know, I don't know if you come across these things online as often as I do, but those things, it's like only people with a high IQ can solve this riddle of like the connecting the colored dots, like the green dot to the green dot, and then the red dot to the red and blue and the yellow and that, but they, they can't, uh, they can't intersect. And so you have to like, and how do you make it all work? That's kind of like what I'm going through, especially this year. I That's kind of like what we're going through when you're about to ask a question. Like, Jesus, <laughs> what's this? I don't know, man. It's like seven minutes of intro with blue dots and green. I dots. know. I got. Well, listen. I'm sorry. I just let me let me put on some Fleet Foxes and and just chill a little bit, man. A little, <laughs> little yeah. Walls are breathing. Go with it. Me. Go with it, man. It's all the AFC. It. I can uh, again. In a silo, I can talk myself into just about every AFC team being halfway decent until I then look around and like, well, somebody's got to lose these games. So somebody, all these teams can't have winning records this year. So then I then try to lean on like, what do we know is a deficiency about those? Or what isn't a plus for some of these teams? Is the Broncos O-line a plus to overcome so that Javante Williams in good health, if he even has that, can he get off? Their defense is going to be really good. Um, we don't know about Russ, and I don't know if their offensive line is going to be good enough to save him or anyone else back there. Ergo, I'm with you that they have to be. I don't think that they're a lousy roster, and Sean Payton's pretty good, but I do, I do have to pick somebody to lose games. And so, yes, the Broncos, especially in a division where you assume they're going to at best be one and three against the Chargers and Chiefs, that's a bad start to their prospects for the season. So I guess I'm with you on Russ there. And it's not even to diminish the Broncos. It's just that this is the most. Is this fair to say you're an old guy too? Can you ever remember an NFL conference being as loaded as, as this one is, I'll refer you very quickly to the 80s. Well, the 90s, you had the Packers taking up the third spot, weirdly, behind the Niners and the Cowboys. That was great, but that was pretty much those three teams, and then other teams would get in their season. In the 80s, you had the, the Giants, and you had the Niners, and the Bears, and I think that was it, kind of that were right. And then in the seventies, in the AFC, you had the Steelers, Raiders, Dolphins, Patriots were good, um, Oilers were good at the back end. But that'd be I, I. They're like two bad teams in the AFC this year. They're all good, right? Well, it, it is nuts. When, but when I go to loaded AFC, I always think about nineteen seventy three playoffs. The Raiders crushed the Steelers 33-14, setting the stage for the greatest draft in sports history when the Raiders draft four Hall of Famers and add a fifth in uh, in free agency. Um, go ahead, Shaq. Tell us those names. Well, first of all, they go with the uh, the burner uh, out of USC named Lynn Swan. Boom. And then in uh, the second round, they go with a lanky six foot four kid from Kent State of all places, missing his two front teeth. His name, Jack Splat, Jack Lambert. 
uh, the quarterback of the greatest defense in the Super Bowl era, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, in the third round, they go with a little known receiver identified by Bill Nunn, like so many other players who were tentpole pieces in the great 70s Steelers dynasty. Bill Nunn identified John Stallworth. Wait, we already got Lynn Swan. Now another young pass catcher. That's right. I feel like Stallworth went in the fourth round. In but. the fourth round. So wait, Webster goes in the, in the fifth, fifth or in the round third? Oh, in out the of fifth. Wisconsin. Okay. I'm sorry. Iron Mike Webster. You don't embarrass me about my team look, like that. Geez, okay. I didn't that. That was a layup. I didn't think it was going to embarrass you. But and then out of South Carolina State, Donnie to your Shell. point about Bill Nunn, uh, uh, he, he, they get Donnie Shell. Anyway, Raiders kicked the crap out of the Steelers a month before that draft because the draft came up right on the end of the season back then. We got to right. hustle over to the hotel, you know, lick our wounds and draft the, the greatest draft of all time. The crazy thing is like, you look at that Raider team, like, oh yeah, then they lose to the Dolphins. They weren't even the best team. I mean, it's so crazy how loaded, you know, the, the Dolphins, you know, so the Dolphins get their two and the, and the Steelers get their four, but the fact that the Raiders won one title in the seventies with the, with that roster uh, was nuts. But well, at, I can what if my way out of the Raiders even getting that one, and it's a pretty simple one. If Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer don't get hurt against the Colts the week before. They go out to Oakland to play them. That was the only time the Raiders ever got over on the Steelers, aside from the blowout victory before they were fully formed in 73. Like you say, I can make a pretty powerful case that the Steelers sporting the best defense, again, that the Super Bowl era has ever seen, that 76 Steelers defense, would have been enough to vanquish those Raiders. And then they get zero. And by the way, um, what about uh, your guy, Sugar Bear? You know, they oh, uh, right, right. That's right. The, uh, the, the in 76, they lose that game. I don't even know where the where that title game is played. If they the, the, the phantom roughing the passer one. call. Yeah, uh, I don't know if the Steelers go up to Foxborough or vice versa, but that's a that's a fun thing to consider. So so to your but to your point, it is crazy. The depth of of the uh, of the AFC. Now, one of those those contenders you know, their the QB limped off the field and, and uh, you know, we'll wait to see how Joe Burrow is because they come out of the gate. You, you don't, you don't want uh, Trevor Simeon starting those first four games. You know, it, they say he's going to be fine, but you're like, uh, I don't like seeing the cart. You're like, fine is you walk off. Whoa. I asked somebody about it and they, they told me, oh, no, don't you? Have you ever been to Latrobe? Do you know how far it is from? Um, fr it's not the same as being in your home stadium. It's apparently with mo a lot of those practice fields, they're far away. So a lot of guys take the cart when they otherwise would. It's just like a matter oh. of I don't want to walk that far. I got a little bit of a bum ankle here. Just just give me a boost here. It's 190 degrees out. Just give me a lift there. Chip. Like Arnold, Arnold Palmer would take the cart. Something like that. Cart. Yeah. OK. All right. <laughs> well, OK. I mean, you just it, you hate to see anyone pull up from the non-contact injury. And I mean, I like guy, that you have to say that. See, that makes you a human being. Hey, do, you, uh, you, do you feel obliged to say that? Are you trying to please somebody out there when you say like you? Well, hate who doesn't game? like Joe Burrow? I mean, obviously, I, you, you hope he's okay, but he also has a habit of either 
needing surgery for an internal organ or or a ligament like it it's uh i mean it's amazing that he he doesn't miss snaps when it matters um and maybe he's doing these empaths who are you trying to impress on social media when you you have to take oh oh somebody oh uh, a millionaire a football player got a oh oh oh, prayers oh just 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 brutal just horrible to see just oh pray you know i I just hate to see i'm like "Ah, settle down you don't you're not contributing to the conversation by announcing that everybody by the way very quickly, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to I'm connecting green dots here for Aaron Rodgers. I when you mentioned the schedule, I have to look this up very quickly. You can rule out a lot of teams based on what the schedule makers did to them. And I'm not saying that the Jets are gonna be five and twelve or anything like that, but just just dig. They start the season. Gonna be a big year, Jets fans. Show up. Who do they catch at home? The Bills. Now, if we're right about the Bills regressing a little bit, they're not going to be a garbage team either, but a compelling game on the big stage, New York City or New Jersey, more Jersey more accurately. But here comes Josh Allen. Big spot for number eight and his new pals there. Then to Big D they go, where a lot of hopes are hanging on Dak Prescott and company. That's their second game. Then they host the Patriots. Then... They host the KC Chiefs. Then they travel out to Denver, host the Philly Eagles, then at the Giants. That's a big-time game. Love that being on the schedule, by the way. Then they host the Chargers. I mean, this is, I mean, you know, I hate to get into when so much is unknown uh, about injuries and otherwise, you know, between now and, and the kickoff, but I mean, that's as rugged as it gets. Did you just hear those teams? I what, what's oh their God. what's their best hope? Well, record wise, after it, that, it would uh, it would be delightful if uh, if the king of Mount Pius was two and five after seven games. That would be incredible for for those of us mere mortals. It's possible. Yeah, but uh, but if you look at how well that defense played for most of last year and how often how many games a mediocre quarterback would have been the difference. And, you know, it's possible that Aaron Rodgers is just slightly better than mediocre. If you look at the field of quarterbacks, a massive upgrade. It's still a massive upgrade. Uh, so, so, but I do, I, oh, gosh. But you also know he's 40, right? Yeah. I mean, no, that's the, and, the, the, and, the thing that everybody's like, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. I guess not the best Aaron Rodgers. And then people say, well, you know, he won MVPs in uh, very recently, a couple of MVPs. And then I say the cliff is a severe drop. And when you get the 40, most guys fall off of it and they don't gently recede in the night. They just fought one day there. They were good. And the next day were bad. And he did not look great coming down the stretch. And I know he was injured, but he didn't look good. That's the reality last year with Green Bay. And so the idea that he's your savior is a little bit overly optimistic, in my opinion, especially given the gauntlet that they have to when survive. He was, for the first uh, when he was weeks. throwing those lollipops against the Lions downfield, these these pop flies that were getting picked off, and he just kept getting bailed out by bad bad uh, calls. Uh, but yeah, they, they they that loss to the Lions when we were in Vegas was was absolutely delightful. Um, so well, that would be fun if they were two and five. Uh, it's Possible they're going to stink. I thought this was funny because it's, you know, because 
you know, he's not quotable. So you got Sean Payton. Thank you for the great quotes. Wow. You know, we did not realize Nathaniel Hackett hit on your wife. Holy hell, where's this coming from? But then Rodgers has to go, well, I'm a quote machine. I'll come back over the top. And Robert Saul is, at, you know, obviously out of his league here in terms of the soundbite. But at the very end of that story, it says that he goes, he goes, hey, you know, I live by the saying, if you don't have haters, you're not popping. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have that. Uh, I have that embroidered on a throw pillow, that, that classic saying that I, <laughs> I have on a tea cozy. If you don't have haters, you're not popping. What saying is what? No one's ever heard these words put together before. <laughs> um, but I'm yeah. not, by the way, that's another thing. I believe in Joe Douglas and I believe in the foundation that he has laid over the last couple of few years. The idea that Robert Sala is definitely the guy, you know, it's a little bit like the Houston Cougars way back when Andre Ware sets the, the college football passing records aflame with what he does and everybody, well, we got to get Andre Ware now in the NFL because look how good he is. And then he's in the NFL and he's busting at the same time that David Klingler, his backup in Houston, is lighting it up. And all the same records that Andre Ware was set was setting when he was a Houston Cougar. David Klingler's doing the same there. And then you realize a little bit too late if you drafted Andre Ware, like, oh, it was the system. Well, same might be true with Robert Sala. D'Amico Ryans was waiting behind him. Now he's the head coach of the Houston Texans. How do we know we didn't get the fraud in, in the equation there out in San Francisco if you are the Jets now? Maybe you're impressed by him. He's a big uh, weightlifter guy, tough-talking guy, popping. Maybe you just have some kernels that haven't popped yet, Sala. This celebration over the Jets is really, whether or not they ever wind up with Dalvin Cook or otherwise, it really does. You've heard flirtation with the phrase dream team with the Jets. They haven't done anything to earn that. They haven't. They, yes. Well, imagine if you take Zach Wilson out and you put a good quarterback in there in 2022. Like I said, the year's already come and gone. I don't know what's going to be. Aaron Rodgers is a weird guy, and he's 40, and I don't know if he's going to have any kerfuffles with the New York media. I'm still waiting for that to happen. He's already made some indications. He's a little bit raw, and you better not talk about my coach and all that. So you have Robert Sala, who may or may not be the real deal, and then Nate Hackett, his, his security blanket, his friend, who he likes to have around because he dictates what he wants to do on offense. This is not the formula for great success, at least as far as I can tell. I'm sorry. I'm really going in hard on these jets. Uh, I love it. And you seem fired up. I hate to, I hate to uh, take, take the conversation away from football because uh, I know you're, you're shot out of a cannon. The closer we get, but just real quick, we, we need to like rebrand good goat into just Shohei Otani corner or, or like mm. the Shohei Otani five, like, because it, it's so insane every time you're like, well, you know, he can't keep doing this or he can't do this. And that, that double header against the Tigers where he pitched a complete game shutout and then launched two bombs, one at 117 miles an hour. Then he leaves with cramps and like, Oh, oh this is it. This is, this is the IL. Then it's like, Nope. He homers in the next game. And it's just, it's so crazy when you, you're on your phone and you're like, uh, oh, uh, the Angels are losing three to one. I wonder how they got their run. You don't have to wonder. 
they they have one they have one way of scoring, which uh, the Blue Jays Matt Chapman pointed out. Why are we pitching to that guy? And he is getting more and more of the Bonds treatment, which is why his, his on base percentage is now over four hundred two. But it is just it's spectacular. It's delightful. I'm so happy that the Angels are doing everything they can to keep him because it's not good for baseball that every twelve year old fan just get used to your favorite player leaving, Billy. Because nobody re-signs their guys, you know, maybe the Yankees re-sign Aaron Judge, but otherwise Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are in L.A. and Shohei's going to be in Seattle. Like it's not it's not a good way to build that young fan base. Hey, that poster on your wall, that guy's going to play for somebody else next year. So I, I hope uh, um, Shohei stays in Anaheim. It's 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 incredible. You know, they show the faith. They get Giolito and his response to the team saying we're going for it is okay. I'm going to pitch the first complete game shutout of my career and launch two bombs in a doubleheader sweep. That story was awesome. Uh, but my, I agree. Goes- and, and I just want to say this about it uh, quickly about uh, Otani. We saw Tom Brady, um, you know, win those Super Bowls, but I think the reaction is sort of like it. There's a weird vibe around Brady because you never watched him play in a game and said, boy, he is superhuman. Um, but he, so, but we're aware that we witnessed the greatest of all time. And we saw Michael Jordan, you know, pulling off clutch moments. I, this, this is, I don't know if this transcends if what Otani is doing, I feel like we're watching the most steeped in history sport is baseball. And I feel like I keep saying like, we're watching the best player in a century do this. And I, I guess it's a little bit like it, was it like when the Beatles, came to the U S and like, I've talked to my mother about that. Like, what was it like? She's like, I don't know. I wasn't really, I, I kind of missed that whole thing. Like I are we like spaghetti keeps saying like, Oh no, I still go. Connor McDavid is the best, uh, best athlete in sports right now. The most dominant athlete. Are we under, are we not duly impressed by what we're seeing here? And I will say very quickly, Good for the halos. I was in with our mutual pal, Matt Money Smith, on his radio show last week, and I announced in advance, like, the halos cannot trade it. That Shame the devil. If he leaves, that's his choice. You cannot announce to your fan base. You cannot announce to the guys in the clubhouse, like, yeah, we're we're really just pretending like we're uh, an L.A. team. We're, we're, we're a middle market team, and we can't afford him, and so we're going to trade him away for, for picks, thereby announcing for all of time we're not a real contender for any sustained success here. But I I, I support that. But I, I, I'm I, I'm with you, and I feel like we're in a moment of, of sports time that we should just be, like you say, genuflecting to, to true, rare greatness, the likes of which we have seen a handful of times or that even our ancestors have seen. This is this is a remarkable thing that we're in the midst of with this Otani character, even if he never makes the playoffs. Well, you said, you know, duly impressed that it, it is the dual the dual thing right. that he's doing <laughs> that is so crazy because for 100 years we have been told these two skill sets are incompatible and that you have to choose one or the other, even though, as we've talked about on this pod, Every one of us, as a as a fourteen year old, played with a guy who who was the best pitcher and hit number three. And it's like, why those two things can't go on? But like, you know, what Shohei's doing? It's funny because when we were doing our closest to the pin pick, I said fifty four because I was like, 
he's got to get tired. And I mean, these cramps are kind of like, yeah, it's going to be August. It's so hot. Can he keep it going? But it is, it does feel superhuman at this point. And, uh, you know, obviously rooting for the halos. They they picked up another, a a couple more guys that aren't going to be enough to get them to the playoffs, but at least they're trying. Um, So go good goat show. Hey, it is. You know what? And I also say the halos for doing the right thing. That's a good goat that they, I, I get the cynicism like, boy, you're 2024. You're going to regret not having gotten something back for that guy. I just don't think you can you you can't go down in history. You know, uh, you, you don't trade Lou Brock even, let alone Joey Atani. People will remember that forever. Yeah. Artie Moreno doesn't need to finance. No, no, Nanette. He doesn't need to sell Babe Ruth. Um, <laughs> and then my bad goat, stick it with baseball, because I know we're we're going to talk less and less about baseball as as August and September arrive obviously but like this Mets season is spectacular i mean wow who would have thought you know 4 months into the 350 million dollar experiment that they would be selling parts it is it, it's not possible how fast the vessel exploded. Like it is, it's insane. Obviously it starts in the world baseball classic with their closer getting hurt, celebrating just a red flag. Like, Oh my God, I don't know. Steve Cohen's karma, but like, it's like, cause we're sitting there going like, gosh, you absolutely can buy a title. Well, how are these guys going to lose? <laughs> like it was so nuts. The team they were putting together, you know, which briefly included Carlos Correa, but like it just all it all blew up so fast. And now it's like, you know, Scherzer is marching up to the front office going like, oh, oh, no, no, no. I'm not here for a rebuild. I it, that, that happens so fast. The um, you traded David Robertson. Uh, by the way, you traded high on David Robertson. That that I, I could understand. But you're clearly not going for it. I'm going to march up to the front office, demand a trade, and I'll be on a first place team by the end of the weekend. That was so fast. I've never seen it happen like that. Scherzer, you know, and and Scherzer's thing now is just, I'll sign a big contract with whomever, and then I'm either on a contender or I'll demand to be traded to a contender. So it's like his August and September is always, you know, on a contender. Although I think people in LA remember him kind of hitting the wall with the Dodgers, a lot of miles on those tires. And now, and now Verlander uh, will have to go too, right? Because why, if, you know, if we're not trying and you look at like Francisco Lindor is, he's just a nice player. He's not, you know, these contracts where you're like, these, these are all hall of famers. And it's like, wow, it just, it blew up so fast, so spectacularly. Poor Sal must've been so excited uh, heading into the season, and it just it just added up to Bubkus despite the. Do you theory. honor Sal's decision to drag his family, including his impressionable three boys, and poor Melissa? What 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 Melissa did to deserve having to sit through a Metropolitan's game during a vacation to NYC? I don't know, but do you admire his loyalty to the Metropolitans in this dark season that he? took time out of his vacation schedule to watch them on purpose and pay big dollars to do so. Well, I will say this, you know, you were talking about Artie Moreno, like it, it is nice when your owner declares I'm so rich, I could give a crap 
about losing money on my hobby, my baseball team I own. So I do see like Sal being like, Hey man, wait, isn't that, isn't that, aren't those the people that you're striking against right now? Isn't that their same Cavalier? Yeah, scum, yeah, uh, scumbags. Scumbags. About, about but, new content. Like, ah, no, 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 we don't the, need the anything worst, new. But the worst <laughs> scumbags are the scumbags who are billionaires. The floor you know, like, is lava has two seasons. They'll watch that. They'll watch, watch what it. we give like, them. Like Bernie Ebers uh, allegedly at WorldCom uh, would go around he didn't want to pay for bottled water for the employees. So he would go around allegedly filling arrowhead bottles with tap water. Like you don't want to build, like you own a New York baseball team. You don't want to like try to make money on the margins. You want an owner who goes, I, I, I could get, it's kind of like, you know, Amazon's TV model. Like, don't worry about making money over here on TV. We make money over here. So Steve Cohen's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to just pay however much it costs to buy a World Series title. So I appreciate the fans like Sal, they have to then go, okay, we also have to hmm. pay a little bit of money for the product he tried to put on the field. Um, but imagine how frustrating this is why we love sports, by the way. Like if you're if you're Steve Cohen, like what does his office look like? Like the the tantrums a billionaire must have when he can't buy what he wants. I only want this one thing. Can't have it. Can't have it. You know, it's anyway. So, <laughs> so that, I, I just, it's hard to remember a team that was so set up, so loaded in all departments and they didn't make it to August before they just, they just started selling, selling, selling. wonder if by the you end know, of, the bog, of this August, we'll be saying the same thing about the Jets once hard knocks makes the air. But, but listen, <laughs> what, you know, so now what are you saying? Like, we're in a rebuild? We're in a rebuild in, in New York? You know, you know, one of the things that you know, we've talked about with the last place Yankees, like, there are no bridge years. You know, you know you, you're in New York. You can't say you're not going for it. Well, they're not going for it now and they're not going for it in 2024 either. Like that's when you just trade off all your arms. Uh, it, it's, it's sort of a declaration of surrender for a little while. It's funny. And I don't want to belabor the point. And the Braves are so good. The Braves are so good. The gap between the Braves and the Mets. Oh my goodness. It's wild. I, you know, I feel like, but you're, Steve Cohen self-absolves uh, like you could be Jerry Jones and just always, you know, be frustrated. But Steve Cohen, at least from what we've seen publicly, is kind of like, I'm OK with it. You know, we got to get going here and everything. He's still new to ownership, but it does now to connect it back to the football as I as I, you know, as I ponder the AFC East here. Of all the like, you know, that's one of the fun things that people do around this time of year is like, who's under the most pressure? Who's under the most scrutiny right now? It's not Steve Cohen per se with the Mets. It's an embarrassment. But the AFC East, if I if you were to take off the guys in going into this year who are under the most pressure to deliver, an outsized percentage of them at least are on those AFC East teams. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Bill Belichick, whose legacy is now for real. Like they finish in fourth place. It'll be like, there will be the history books will move on from like Bill Belichick, best coach of all time. It'll be like, well, obviously it was Tom Brady the whole time. Uh, obviously, you know, and Josh Allen, 
And, uh, you know, I guess Tua, although he has a built-in excuse, I guess people are ready. But those guys are in the pressure cooker as much as anybody in pro football is this year. Anyway, I'm sorry to move on from baseball, but, well, you're, you know, you're, my, my brain's on the pig. No, skin, I, I always appreciate you interrupting to be wrong. Obviously, Bill Belichick's legacy is set in stone. There's no, nothing, it's not. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Greatest, greatest coach in order. That will not be history. the case. No one's going to talk about the, the the seven and ten finish. That's not how it works. You you were you you rooted for Chaz Noel all those years. You know you know what he's measured on. Okay, uh, you know it's that that legacy is set. Josh Allen. Uh, you know, for a fan base that rooted for Jim Kelly, you know, he when you look at the way they finished and the windows he was trying to force balls into in the red zone, like it there there were uh, signs that that possibly he's not the guy. So I totally agree with the pressure on on Josh Allen. And again, you know, everybody's great when guys are open. And as we talked about with Mahomes, and and the quarterback show on Netflix, what what makes Mahomes such so impossible to defend is he's great when guys aren't open because he will create enough time and space and invent a throw uh, with his left hand or across his body or behind his back or underhand like that. You know what 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 Mahomes does, you you can't you really obviously he's proven you can't defend against so. Um, uh, and, and Josh Allen, a big part of what Josh Allen does is that thing that regresses very fast, which we saw with Russell Wilson is like Josh Allen's a load when he turns the corner, but you, you stop turning the corner at a certain point in your career. You, that's you, right. You just, that's you, right. You want to take those. So, moves. okay. So you, Otani is your goat and your goat is the metropolitans of wow. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. All right, spaghetti, take it away. I I, I think this is all set up because th- I'm pretty sure I know where spaghetti's going with his goat this week, and it is in one of those aforementioned, not five boroughs, actually. It's in New Jersey. Take it away, spaghetti. And now a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, well, um, uh, a lot of my material was already used by you guys. Um, I, we didn't have our usual pre-production meeting here that we always do. Um, but I, on the rundown, I did have best bet 
New York Jets to win um, the AFC East. I think they're plus 250. Sheck, I mean, your obsessive hatred with Aaron Rodgers is like borderline creepy. I think everything (laughs) you think is a negative, I think is a positive. I don't, I think if you're serious about winning football games, you don't want hard knocks cameras near you. I think if you have a coach you like and has coached you to success in the past, I think sticking up for that coach is a good thing and the sign of a guy with character. Um, So I don't agree with that stuff. And I don't think there's much pressure on him at all. In fact, I could tell you, just from being here, just from talking to, to to people who root for the Jets and just seeing the media. I mean, right now, baseball is the only thing people are talking about in New York uh, on both mm. sides. And I think there's such a relief. And, you know, Henry Ford was saying this with how bad Zach Wilson was and the failure of the of the quarterback draft picks. And plus even Donald before that getting Rogers, even Rogers being mediocre, which I don't think he will be being mediocre for the Jets will be such an improvement. And plus their roster to me is just so good. It's just so good everywhere. And like, I mean, the best secondary in football, if you want to argue the Cowboys, sure. Uh, whatever. Quinn and Williams, I mean, like in best defensive tackle, not name Aaron Donald or Jackson Lawrence. Uh, and they resigned him. I mean, they're, even the draft picks, like getting needs, getting edge rushers and, and then two offensive line with their first three picks. Um, they needed that. And you have cornerstones with Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker there. And then if they sign Dalvin Cook, who says chances are pretty high, the two-headed monster with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook is phenomenal. Garrett Wilson has a chance to catch 100 footballs this year. He'll be a household name. And the comfortability of Rodgers bringing over his guys, I just think they're set up for such great success. And plus, you know, none of us, I don't think, will take a bet that Tua will play every game this season. And then losing Jalen Ramsey until, you know, Christmas time, like that's so much money and such a, uh, you know, high expectations for one of the best corners in the game. And he's gone. And Josh Allen, like, you know, talking about it before too, with his off season, I don't really care about the, you know, the Haley Steinfeld stuff, but I care more about the Stephon Diggs stuff. Like having no rapport with Stephon Diggs is terrible because that's the only path to success for the Buffalo Bills. They have not established a running game and they better win all those games in September and early October because they're going to be playing the bulk of their games in like 35 or below temperatures with terrible wins. And, you know, I think we're now going to start to see the effect of losing Brian Dayball with that, that Buffalo Bills team. I do always think it's a two year thing. When you lose a coordinator, who's a difference maker in a positive way, you're you sort of can the residual effect of that guy works for a year. I by the way, Leslie Frazier being gone doesn't feel like a small matter in a year removed with Ken Dorsey. I do. I I, I, re, I I'm I guess the three of us agree. The one thing we agree on in the AFC East is that the bills are going to regress. That sounds like the one so. thing that we that we're. I think so. I think I still think they're they are playoff team. I I, I just do, I really do think the Dolphins will struggle, and I I wanted to buy into the Dolphins, and just something tells me like don't do that. It's it's fool's gold, and a lot of people can say that about the Jets too. But I just think the Jets roster again is just so solid everywhere else. Like Joe Douglas building this team, and I do think Salas for real he can coach the defense. It's just such a good roster that if if Rogers even is mediocre, which I don't I think he has a uh, he has an axe to grind. He has a chip on his shoulder. Um, he I I just think like there's just so many positives with this Jets team, and they're really is no pressure because it's like a relief you're like exhaling because thank god we're not rooting for zach wilson anymore like we don't have to worry about zach wilson so i i think the jets are in a really good spot here in this division and and then yeah unfortunately the patriots i mean uh, i agree with hench i think belichick's uh set in stone if you look at like those warren sharp stats that he tweets out it's like about quarterback metrics 
Mac Jones is always near the bottom five uh, in everything he tweets out. So I just think it's really unfair to measure Belichick's success, but really he has a guy who is struggling mightily at the quarterback position. So um, I think the AFC East is really ripe for the taking for the Jets. So that's why they're my best bet. I said plus 250 on Caesars right now. Um, I really like this Jets team. I do think the Bills are going to be right there. They probably still win double-digit games, but it's going to be, um, I think, less uh, intense of a division as people may have thought a, a few weeks back. Um, that 10 and, and I, a half is, I mean, that's right where you'd want it to be. You know, good job by the bookmakers. But that 10 and a half is really like, oh, I... Boy, I think they regress, but double digits does seem, still seem right for them. Yeah, I think like 10 is about right, but maybe they get it, you know, a little so, bit well, more. I like, I like what well, Spaghetti's right, of course, and we'll find out a lot in week one uh, for, for the regression and and the, the Jets heading in the right direction. But what, what basically what Spaghetti's saying is he likes the Jets because Tua <laughs> won't play right. every game right. and Mac Jones will play every game. That You know, that's why it's like, yeah, uh, Matt Jones, very durable. You're doomed. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna start every game this year, and your team's gonna be terrible. I, I could also transition to the to my bad go. We we're talking about. Let me just say this real quick. Sorry, sure. Spaghetti. I'm just trying to lay out with the AFC East here. There's a fun play available on Caesars with um, uh, wins within the division. And obviously there's a minus against every team. Like, you know, every team's numbers, two and a half, three and a half, but they are fun to go through. Is there one team in the AFC East that you see dominating the rest of the division? If you do find that on Caesars, because it is, a, it is a fun day and that will swing the division. Ultimately, it's so easy to look at it and be like, well, they're just all going to go 500 against each other. But if one team beats up on the other to the, you know, Patriots of the 20 years in the 21st century, as that is proof, you take care of business in the division. Obviously, you're going to win the division. So if you have a lean in that way, get into Caesars and uh, and make your bet there because those are fun to go through there. But it's always like three and a half wins for the Dolphins in the East. I can't go there, but but it is uh, fun to try and see if you can take the bait on that. Continue. Sorry, Spaghetti. No, just to and to get back to my the the goats here and bad goats in baseball and in Henchport up with the Mets and this is part of my thing. It's uh, the 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 dreaded New York Mets, the New York Yankees. They're dominating the news cycle in this town. They're both atrocious and they're atrocious in different ways and they're things to get angry about in in different ways. With the Mets, you're happy that Steve Cohen comes in and spends a ton of money, the most expensive payroll in the history of sports, and he goes and gets players and he wants to build a contender. And I applaud him for that. And I think that's that's what fans wanted to see, especially after after the will ponds and, and all the, the mess with that, but like their players like didn't perform and they didn't gel together. And, and like, you could see the turmoil now with saying like, I want to be traded with, with Scherzer and all that. And, and, and Robertson said, I don't want to go and they go and move him anyway. But then reversely with the Yankees, it's the opposite where I guess now the GM and, and the, the ownership are, I guess, they're not making the moves that you want to see them normally make. And then you have a manager who is not doing his job. Buck Schulter, I feel like is doing his job and he was dealt a bad hand with a lot of this, especially with the, the Edwin Diaz loss and all that. And you have Aaron Boone, the Yankees struck out, you know, reporting this on Monday, they played the Orioles who are, who are you know, red hot right now. They struck out 18 times and he had the audacity to say that he still likes the other non-strikeout at bats. Like it, to me, it's just like Aaron Boone is missing it. And, you know, a lot of people believe that the Yankees lineup and a lot of decisions are made by Cashman and his group of the, the Yale analytics guys. I actually kind of do believe that. And Boone's more of the figurehead, but when he's saying these quotes, you just, you're pounding your fist 
the table uh, because you want to see a team that's competing. And obviously, even with Judge back, they're still not playing well. They're not pitching well. They didn't get the guys that you were supposed to count on. This is not the Yankees of all. These are not the 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 uh, the George Steinbrenner Yankees. So both these teams in New York are dealing with total different messes in different ways, and um, it's just very frustrating. And I know football is coming around, but I, I'm telling you, like uh, this uh, until regular season game one, week one kicks off here, it's going to be all baseball, all negativity because um, this has been the big story. These teams that they had high expectations, they're not coming anywhere near them, and it's just really really frustrating for uh, for whatever your team you root for here. But I'll uh, I'll round out my my good go with some positive news, and uh, this is more your lane check here. But the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who I root for, finally unveiled today the beautiful green uniforms. And the best part is they're doing these green uniforms for the Ohio State matchup, which is a very very winnable game for the Irish this year. Obviously, with the the Buckeyes losing C.J. Stroud, and I think um, going back to the lighter, the Kelly green, um, you know, of the days of a Jerome Bettis at Joe Montana, just a simple clean uniform. The logos on the shoulders, the white numbers, the gold trim. It's beautiful. There's no weird wacky designs. Not adding navy blue into it. It's just fully green and That's gold. That's right. That, they and have to get amazing. rid of that navy. That was the trick with it. Yeah, they do look good. They should wear them against the Pitt Panthers. That's a, they're going to be big dogs in South Bend when uh, Phil Jerkovic and company come to town. Former Notre Dame quarterback too, Phil Jerkovic. And 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 the last thing to round out the Notre Dame news is that uh, our pal Ike Taylor, his son Ivan Taylor, four star recruit, amazing stuff had his first official visit to Notre Dame, to South Bend, to the campus. And he was there, I believe it's today. He's hanging out with the Irish and that would be something else to see uh, our pal Ike's son play for the Fighting Irish and uh, congrats to them uh, on his Well, visit. guess what? As soon as we wrap up here, I'm jumping on the line to join Ike and our pal Mark Bergen's podcast. Uh, and I'll be talking to him and giving him the business. This is forbidden. I'm not going to allow it. I'm sorry, Spaghetti. I'm not allowing uh, Ivan to spend his time in South Bend. Um, but I, I appreciate the support. I'll, I'll pass along your positive vibes to Ike and Ivan over there. Is that right? They're up in South Bend as we speak. Anyway, I'm about to ch- talk to them. Let's round it up here. Very well, I just real quick. I Go want ahead. to weigh in on a couple things. One, uh, I liked your non strikeout at bats is what you say to your nine year old when he's crying after a little. <laughs> game. Hey buddy. Hey buddy. What about that dribbler? You hit to the second baseman. I thought you got. Yeah, pretty good wood on the ball there, buddy. I like non-strikeout at bats. Wow. The best uh, one of those, the best one of those is when the head coaches, hey, we did some good things on offense. If you can remove the turnovers, it would be re- well, like, yeah, you can't remove the turnovers. That's remove. part they, of the yes, offense. They removed possession from your team. They took the ball away. Uh, and then the other thing I gotta ask Spaghetti. So you can be you can have a terrible season as a pitcher without ever allowing seven earned runs in a game. Like it's hard to be out there for seven earned runs. Like you're getting nicked for a while before you get up to seven earned runs. Luis Severino has allowed seven earned runs or more in four of his 12 starts. I mean, at what point do you have to go, uh, Go see James Andrews, go to the minors. You just can't take your regular turn when you're giving up nine runs in a must win. Uh, I mean, today, the topic on a lot of the local radio stuff is uh, like the Yankees should not have Luis Severino pitch a single game, single inning, the rest of the season, especially. And again, it goes back to the frustrating part of only being, you know, what, three and a half, four and a half games back 
of the wild card, you're still uh, you have a puncher's chance. And to to put Severino out there, who by the way, his best complete like you know starting outing this year, I was at it was still a loss. Like the team lost, uh, and he's just not right. And they're forcing him out there. Obviously, they need him because uh, Nestor Cortez has not been back yet. And I just hate having him out there. And I I guess they wanted to let him get beat up because the one it's barely a strength at this point, but it still was, was their bullpen. And it was very good in the first half of the season. And to not, you know, if you somehow make it to the playoffs to not to be totally depleted, which is a, the calling card of uh, Aaron Boone is to really overuse the bullpen. Um, you don't want that to happen. So I think they're like, all right, Luis, you stink, but just keep getting shelled out there because we don't want to waste our guys in the sixth and eighth inning. So um, I, I, yeah, I mean, they just need to get healthy. I, it's, it's weirdly that they've been dealing with so many injuries too. It's like the, I, I, the giants, uh, the New York giants and the Yankees share like strength and conditioning coaches where they just miss half the team for the entire season. Like I don't get how many injuries this team suffered and I'm not even counting the judge injury. That was a freak one, but um, it's just, it's, bad times here. Um, they need to make some moves and get some peace at the deadline. I still think they should be buyers, but um, we'll see. I don't, I don't have much. Did Aaron, did Aaron Boone say, Hey buddy, I, I liked the pitches you threw that weren't hit for frozen ropes. The pitches that weren't <laughs> launched, the meatballs that weren't crushed were great. It is Aside not from those hanging curveballs that went over the uh, outfield wall. You weren't so bad. Um, I, I, it, you know, given how hard Severino throws and like, he does have movement. Like it is crazy to get shelled as hard as he gets shelled with his stuff. Like, I don't know, maybe he's tipping pitches. That's always, you know, if they know what's coming, that makes it very hard. By the way, have you, uh, I think it was brother Bry or maybe the parlay kid who, who said out loud, um, yeah, the only reason those Yankee hitters who are now regressing were good is because they they knew what was coming. I was, I was amazing, like a Yankee fan, to say it out loud. It was so great. But it sure seems like it. Woof, man. DJ LeMayhew, what happened? I do love when people are honest. You see, you're usually more honest about your Boston teams. Not today, though. Not with uh, Bill Belichick. You're wrong on that one. Speaking of which, okay, last thing, and then we wrap it up here. Here we go. One bet from the AFC East about making the playoffs. You have to choose one of these. Here we go. Okay. okay. Bills miss the playoffs plus 250. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Finding it on the tab. Hold on. Please hold. Please hold here. Wow. Um, New England Patriots make the playoffs plus 250. Jets miss the playoffs plus 120. Miami Dolphins make the playoffs minus one fifteen. Which one are you taking, Hench? I start with you. Uh, well, I'll 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 end as I began, and I'll take uh, Bills plus two fifty to miss the playoffs. Spaghetti. I wish there was a a Dolphins to miss the playoffs option, but there's not. There so. is minus one oh five. Go ahead and take it. That's mine then. I'm going to go with the New York Jets miss the playoffs at plus 120. It's got a plus next to it. I like it. And I'm going to finish where I started there. Good times. Good to be back, uh, Kibitzin, with you fellas. Um, hope everybody's summer went well. It's in the rearview mirror now. August is the month of summer, but it's time to get right for football. We're going to be doing our spending our time doing just that. Keeping an eye, as you just heard there, on baseball and otherwise. I thought, by the way, spaghetti, spaghetti you were going to say, good news you for you, Sheck. 
Eric Carlson's wearing the black and gold. Not yet. Let's make that happen. Come on, Dubas. What are we waiting for here? We're going to be covering all of it for you here on Minus 3. Chris Long coming up later in the week. In the meantime, great thanks to Hench, to Spaghetti, and you, the listener. Until next time, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.